Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This episode is sponsored by DreamDrive.life. Explore Japan in comfort and style in a rental customized camper van. Discount code later in the podcast. Hello, everybody. You know, drinking wine should be a relaxing event and a lifestyle enhancer. At least, this is how Swirl co-founder Federico Finelli views it. Originally from Italy, Federico came to Japan on a mission to introduce the wine lifestyle to Japanese. After a few years selling wine B2B, he together with his co-founder started Swirl, the online wine subscription service. Swirl is a very user-friendly website incorporating gamification, fun navigation, and a super easy searchable wine cellar with over 140 wines from five major wine countries. Today, I speak with Federico about the inspiration behind Swirl, scalability in a market not known for wine drinking, why the wine buying experience is usually disappointing, how Swirl creates an enhanced customer experience, and why they chose the company name Swirl, despite this potentially being the hardest English word ever for Japanese to pronounce. Time to grab a glass of wine, sit back and relax, direct from Tokyo. This is Now and Zen with Federico Finelli. Yeah, when it comes about wine drinking, it's really about, you know, being social, you know, having, having fun. I think it should stay like that, you know, it should never be like too fancy or too like difficult. I really think when you drink wine, you should enjoy. And if you have a nice story behind it that you can uh, actually relate to or uh, learn something new, because many times there are some interesting facts behind it. In wine, there is truth. In vino veritas, yes. Yeah, because people open up, opens up and that's especially true for Japanese. Federico, just to get this out of the way. Okay. I'm not a huge wine guy. Basically, I choose wine by the label design. And I can't drink red wine because it does not agree with me. And although I sometimes drink white wine, I drink it with ice. And I like it that way. My first question, <laughs> are you sure you still want to talk to me? Uh, after this ice thing, I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe you will convince me after okay. this. But the reason I wanted to talk with you Anytime I see a new and innovative business model, I'm super intrigued. The instant I saw the Swirl website, it made me want to start drinking wine. The Swirl website Amazing. is really cool and it's actually fun to navigate. Whoever came up with your website has a great marketing background, digital background, great e-com knowledge. Yeah. It actually started two years and a half ago when I met my business partner. It was at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Of course, in the wine business, many people were thinking about doing new things, but of course, you know, wasn't prepared. I actually met my business partner. His name is Ryan Walker. We had actually a drink in a wine bar. It's like when, when you meet a really inspiring person, you know, you start talking and we actually even forgot to order anything. We just had these two wine glasses sitting there for like a couple of hours because 
we started, you know, really brainstorming. Cool. And that's how the, the idea of this business uh, came up. It reminds me of how this podcast started. I was actually sitting at this exact table okay. with a friend of mine having a very lively conversation about Amazing. life in Japan, business in Japan, and I was thinking to myself, we should be recording this. So similar. And actually, yeah, my partner has background with, you know, e-commerce he knows how to build a website how to make it you know intriguing and funny yeah that's perfect and you did not no i was working in a company that was heavily b2b and they had a very basic website almost uh, non-existent you yeah. know you had a wine background well the business background yeah but you also in italy you had a personal background in wine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's say in in italy Mm, most of people have a friend who make wine, have an uncle who make wine, you know. When I was a kid, actually, with, with my father, we would just go to wineries and buy, you know, wine in bulk, big barrel, yeah. <laughs> take it home and then do the bottling in the garage, you know. So that was uh, a good memory. Uh, and uh, that's how I actually was, wine was part of my, my daily life, you know. Well, what I like about the Swirl website mm -hmm. was the gamification incorporation. It's the first thing you see. It's taking a wine quiz to create a personal profile. And the way you ask the questions, yeah. it's laid out. It's very interesting. It makes you want to go to the next question, the next Amazing. question, the Amazing. next question. And then at the very end, to find out what type of a wine drinker you are, put your email address here. So there's, there's call to action. Yeah. So there's a lot of CTAs yeah. through the whole navigation journey. Yeah. And I'm thinking the conversion rate, the conversion to get somebody's email addresses, which, which you obviously want, it must be 70 or 80%. Well, I think it's pretty high. It's pretty high. We, we get a lot of, of uh, new email subscribers just through the, the quiz, of course. I think that's an important detail and uh, fact that because... What we wanted to do was to make the wine purchase process a bit more engaging and fun. And easy. Yeah, easy and also... There's not a lot of choices. So what mm. we're talking about here is the Wine Club, yeah. which is basically a subscription service. Yeah. But I'm quite intrigued with this because it's been tried around the world. Yeah. Many cases very successful, yeah. such as Amazon Prime is a, yeah. is, a, is a great example of it. Yeah. But then there's a lot of other examples of it, especially in the U.S., like boxed meals, uh, meal preparation subscription services that started off strong, but then they failed and they've gone out of business. In our uh, big inspiration came actually from U.S. in terms of wine subscription model. Speaking about the numbers we had when we actually did our research was at 200 million U.S. dollar for subscription only in US for wine boxes. Okay? Oh, really? So it's a lot. What I like about your offer is there's not a lot of offers. You have two, two bottles a month or four bottles a month. Yep. And if that's not enough for you, you have the wine cellar where you can purchase that exactly. discount separately. Exactly. So that's really easy. That was actually our main objective, to keep it easy, because also you will get a very diverse selection every month. We will guide you through wine journey where you can actually explore different grape varietals from many different parts of the world. Sometimes you will get even like the same varietal, but it's made in completely different country from the one you previously okay. received. So you can actually compare and find out, oh, wow, I didn't yeah. know Chardonnay 
from uh, US is strong and oaked and the one I had from France is actually so light you know yeah. and, and that I think it's so interesting about wine and uh, every day makes more and more people to, to just wanted to learn more about wine. Well, learning more about wine is an important part of the journey. Yeah. And I also like that you have a lot of storytelling. You introduce all of the winery, the people at the winery, through photos, videos, yeah. and a story. And I guess you also include it in the wine box when you send it to the customer, so the customer can also read about the winery that they're about to drink? They, they receive wine cards every month with little story about the winery and about the wine. and. We always try to keep the language as plain and engaging as possible. Not so much, you know, sommelier language into our... Not too technical. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to say malolactic fermentation and this kind of... <laughs> what was that word again? <laughs> malolactic fermentation is, is actually a buzzword in the, in the wine business right now, especially in Italy, because all winemakers use it a lot. But whenever they introduce their wine to a, a crowd, they yeah. say malolactic fermentation, and then you see always the, there is always the guy who is saying, yeah, I know, and they don't know. They don't know, and, yeah. and then other people are just, okay. Well, when you get technical, there's no emotion attached to it. Whatever fermentation that you just mentioned, yeah. that is a technical way of mm. making wine, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. But that's not really a passionate thing, right? The more passion is, yeah. where is this winery? Who is making it? Yeah. What's their history? What's their passion? Why they're even yeah. making the wine? Yeah, the part about the wine is actually is, is what I really enjoy because we interview a few key people in, in the winery every time and we get them, their personality, what they really want to Yeah, you have videos do, too, what you, they convey. even yes. with the subtitles, right? Yes. They're speaking in French or yeah. Italian yeah, 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 yeah. and you even put the subtitles for obviously the Japanese. largest customer yeah. base here, which yeah. is Japanese. Japanese. Exactly. Although we're talking about wine today, our drink of choice to start off is a beer. So, Federico, cheers. Salute, cheers. Salute, thank you for coming. Thank you, Andrew. The name of your website is Swirl. Yeah. It's a great name. Thank you. Swirl, I get it. Yeah. Swirl, potentially one of the hardest words ever for Japanese to pronounce. Didn't yeah. your market research point this out? Actually, the name was a source of uh, a lot of uh, interesting talks. Okay, uh, it was controversial. Kind of, but there are a few reasons. First, Japanese people, especially in the wine business, they use this word or, uh, already, okay? And swirl? Yes. Or is there a Japanese word for swirl? Okay, so, in Japanese it's swaru, okay? Which is not that difficult at all, no. because it's swaru. So that's swaru. In Japanese, Japanese, Japanese means swirl. Exactly. And no swaring never... is the verb to, to swirl. Swaring. Yes. Swaring. Yes. <laughs> really? Well, that's how you know that I'm really not a wine guy because okay. I've lived in Japan 30 years. Yeah, I yeah, speak yeah. Japanese and I've never heard swaring. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> not that hard to pronounce. When I see a new business model, I always think about the business potential. Yep. Less than 30% of Japanese drink wine regularly yep. and regularly being defined as once a month and even less than 5% drink wine daily. Mm -hmm. From a business perspective, it seems your demographic is limited. I assume you did a lot of market research before starting your business, but do you worry 
about scalability. Are you worried about that? Not really, honestly, because especially when you build a new, a completely new brand uh, online, there are a few steps that you need to follow, and we we are doing the right things. So uh, it's just a matter of really, you know, being persistent. Eventually, results will come. It's really about creating a good experience uh, in terms of technology, but also when it comes to, you know, advertisement on social media, SEO, you know, right. that's a lot of work and it's not something you do overnight, no. okay? So. But you're also doing something else that is a big differentiator. Yeah. And that is you're using hospitality and enhanced customer experience. Yeah. I've read online reviews of your service you're really creating a wow experience for a lot of your customers. That wow experience actually comes from the, the, the background I have in the, in the industry here in Japan because I was working with B2B, mainly with hospitality, you know, restaurants, hotels. Quite often that we, we get winemakers coming to Japan and uh, we run the so-called winemakers dinner. I started to, to realize that those occasions were actually um, fantastic in terms of you know getting the clients really really happy about the brand about you know the wine about the story and i wanted to recreate that online first what i've read is that you include handwritten notes yeah and you include those wine notes where there's the story of the winery and of the wine and the inspiration what else do you do for hospitality and differentiation we actually have a broad offer of events that we, we send to our club members. Club and members or subscribers? Yes. Our subscribers can make a reservation for our events for a better price. And they can meet actually fellow wine lovers and grow the network also in terms of just friends or even business, yeah. you know. I saw that on your website. I was very impressed okay. about your collaborations, okay. the events. Yeah. So you work with the Conrad Hotel, yeah. uh, Armani Restaurant, Kimpton Peninsula. Yeah. And doing successful collaborations are not easy. No. Are you able to do these through your previous contacts? Uh, so we had a few key partnerships with uh, professionals, brand ambassadors, and that helped us to get doing business with these high-level venues. We could leverage as much as we could my previous... Uh, yeah. What's their motivation to allow you to have a wine event at these five-star hotels? Well, usually usually we, we run events in um, specific times or where they're not that busy, okay? So we actually bring more business. Also, most of the clients that participate to our events, most of the time is the first time they actually go to the, that specific venue. So for them is an occasion to actually learn about right. the cuisine of the particular restaurant in the Conrad or yeah. And the, the hotel peninsula. probably gives them uh, like a little brochure as part of the package and all yeah, of that, Yeah, right? they, they get in touch, they get to learn about the experience and, and they actually live the experience. I had a little business idea for you okay. with these promotions. This is what I like to call the free, unsolicited business idea. You know, right now there's lots of young people, they're yeah. not drinking a lot of yeah. wine, a lot of them are single. What if you held a wine event for singles 
that nobody wants to go alone. Yeah. So you say, bring a friend of the same sex. So a girl brings her girlfriend and a guy brings one of his guy friends, but the partner gets to come at half price. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. maybe maybe they yeah. like wine, maybe they don't like wine, yeah. but they get an opportunity. You get, instead of just one or two people coming, you get double whatever yeah. who would normally come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also facilitate this, yeah. some type of social interaction that people can maybe someday maybe get married. You know, you might be surprised, but we thought about a similar thing because there, there is actually a Japanese company that does this, wine events for single. Oh, really? It's actually something interesting. You have to keep in mind that we've been operating in pandemic times in our short story so far. and uh, You know nothing else. Yeah. You only know pandemic times for uh, your business. Yes. An event like that before COVID would have been really like an so simple so our events are actually the maximum we had was 60 people 60 wow yeah in, uh, in Kimpton yeah usually we are around 30 35 sometimes in the restaurant sometimes is in the bar we have different formats for example we are we are having one at the peninsula next Friday and is in the terrace Oh, right there on the yeah. main street with yes. all the trees. Yes. And yeah, it's a very you European feeling. Exactly, exactly. You get this European feeling, drinking wine in the terrace. I know quite a few foreigners in Japan that have a wine business, whether it's their main business or it's a hobby business, a side business, yeah. whatever. And the majority of their customers are other foreigners. What percentage of your business your website is both in English and in Japanese. Yep. Uh, what percentage of your customer base, if it's okay to say, Japanese versus foreigners? I would say, first of all, the, the idea to get a great experience online for wine purchase and exploration. There is almost nothing that is interesting in Japan. But foreigners actually are a big market because foreigners drink more wine than Japanese. And foreigners that buy wine in Japan usually buy more expensive wines. They buy more wine. That's, of course, a niche market, but is uh, actually a quite interesting That's niche true. in terms of business. What's your mix, though, right now? Our subscribers are probably, yes, over 60% foreigners. You know, foreigners, they are mainly in Tokyo. Japanese subscribers, they are anywhere in Japan. The subscription business model, mm. is it popular in Japan? It's actually not that popular, so it's something that has potential. So we wanted to tap in and, and get... And Do get. you have competitors? There, there are a few big names that are doing wine clubs. Uh, Enoteca, for example, is one. Do they have a subscription service? Yeah, they do. They do. They do, but it's super basic. It's, uh, you know, it's so obvious that it's the wine that they are not selling. They make a bundle, they, they make it cheaper, and you just get it, you know. It's, it's not made with love, it's not an experience. Basically, in terms of wine subscription, not many competitors. Explore Japan in comfort and ease with Dream Drive. Rent a customized camper van to go camping, take nature hikes, relax at onsens, or just discover the many beautiful places less traveled around Japan. Dream Drive has various camper vans for solo travelers and families, go to dreamdrive.life to plan your next Japan adventure. Enter the coupon code ZEN and receive a sweet discount when making your customized camper van reservation. Dream Drive, the hotel on wheels. 
So you have the events, and you charge for these events. Yeah. For you, it's more of a networking opportunity to sell your subscription services. Can anybody buy wine from your website? Do you have to be a subscriber to buy the wine, or anybody can buy it? Anybody can buy it. And these events, all those attending, they will actually receive some coupons, and they get access to better deals. Uh, More call to actions, very good. Yeah, 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 they get CTAs. Yes. (laughs) So you offer about 140 different wines from five different countries yep. on your website in what you call the cellar. Yeah. I have to compliment you on your wine cellar okay. options Thank because you. you have so many options by price, by varietal, by region, by country, You're obviously red and white. You have about six or seven selection criteria yep. and it's all right there. It's a great layout. For a non-wine guy like me, it's actually really easy to to choose a wine. But we had you in mind, honestly. We had a person that doesn't know about wine, comes on our website and realizes that it's not that difficult. Because one of the problems is you go into a wine shop, you are overwhelmed by choice. Exactly. That's a great point. Okay. Sometimes you buy a wine that turns out to be not that good. So we wanted to remove all that uncertainty from... from That's a great strategy because going to a wine shop yeah. Is there so many wines? Like I said, you know, I look at the label. Oh, that's a cool looking label. Yeah. This must taste good. Yeah. And then you ask the shop clerk, and a lot of times they just say, Oh, this wine is Nomiyasui. It's easy to drink. You hear that 90% of the time. Well, easy to drink is subjective. You didn't ask me any qualifying questions. Yeah. Do I like sweet, dry? Do I like red? Do I like white? Most of the time, you don't get those qualifying questions, but you get that on your website when you take the quiz. Exactly. That's the point. I mean, And then I, you cur- curate these boxes for the customers. When you actually go to, a, I would say, even a medium price restaurant, but with a sommelier, you usually get this experience because when you order wine, they, they make a few questions. They're maybe they're may in Japan not so direct, but they will get there. So we wanted to get this personalized experience online. You exactly got to the very point about the wine buying process in Japan that right. is quite disappointing. Even even in most of restaurants where so many are not present and you get the staff and you ask a question, simple question about the wine, right. and they're like, uh, uh, let me check. 90% of the time, they don't know. Yeah, that's true. In this wine profile, quiz that you that you offer there's about five or six questions that you have and i really like the last one how much adventure shall we add to your swirl journey a healthy serving just a dash or nada for me i mean that that taps into the the personality of the people and also the language Uh, i don't know about the japanese side but on the english side similar it's very casual friendly it was great yeah 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 so you offer 140 different wines. Only one in every 30 bottles we taste makes its way into the swirl cellar. So with over 140 different wines, does this mean you really reject 29 bottles? Because that would mean that you've tasted over 4,000 different bottles. Come on, be honest now. 
We had a couple of thousand of wines okay. so far. It's a lot. It's a lot. Quite an amazing statement. I yeah. read that. It's like one in 30. Wow, these guys are really wine snobs. It didn't really match with your website because it, it feels like you're a bunch of casual wine guys that want to party and have fun. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, we, we reject 95% of everything we taste. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why we say that is because we have a high standard for the wines and we have to ensure clients that they get a good wine. And that sounds simple, mm, okay, but all the sourcing process is actually very excruciating because when you have to try 50 wines in a single tasting and we actually, yeah, we pick up usually a couple because also you can fail, I think, online. When, when it comes to online, because you're, you're selling a box, right. okay, the client will get a box of wines we don't have control on the setting they are going to drink right. the wine, on the food they are going to pair the wine with. So we have to be sure that the wine itself is really great. Yeah. Can any winery join your service? I mean, do you have to personally go to the winery, taste it yourself? I mean, what if some winery contacts you from Spain, for example, and says, hey, we saw your website, we want to go into the Japan market. How does that process work? Anybody can contact us anytime. We try the wine. If it surpasses our standard, we consider adding it to the cellar. If it's below our standards, I'm sorry. The process is very straightforward. We, we have this standard, the swirl standard, and then... What is the swirl standard? Well, we have, um, we have quite a few key points that we look for in a, in a wine. It's a very, I would say, standardized way of trying the wines. Is it just you and your partner? Do you also have Japanese? We have, we have our Japanese sales team. We also have a tasting with our clients sometimes. Interesting. Is and that an added benefit of being a Swirl member, is being invited to potentially new wine tastings? We, yeah, yes. Yeah. And this is the tasting part about the product, you know, the quality of the product. Of course, we evaluate also the cost performance of the wine, you know, in, in Japan is very important. We actually follow uh, the WSET systematic, is uh, actually the Wine Spirit and Education Trust as this systematic approach to wine tasting. Okay. And we follow this because it's actually quite strict, but also as a logic and you can use it for any wine, okay? Do you yourself have a sommelier license? I got a WSET. Uh, okay, so yeah. so there is a formal tasting process yep. that you go through is what yep. you're trying to say. It's yep. not just a bunch of guys sitting around going, no, oh, this no, tastes pretty no. good. Oh, I like this. It's actually, yeah. Yeah, it's actually quite okay. strict. All right. <laughs> then we evaluate, of course, the labels. We always said a customer like you in mind that picks the wine also based on the label. So the labels have to have a certain attractiveness, yeah. a certain story behind it, yeah. you know, something that looks good. There is a way to easily peel labels off the wine bottle, right? It's like a plastic sticker yeah. and then you peel it off. There are actually quite a few. The problem is that not all the labels are attached to the bottle with the same kind of... Uh, it's quite complicated. I see. I had a few friends that actually collected labels from wine. They had books. That was my business idea, is offering a swirl label book. Okay. And you send that with the first shipment because then it almost obligates them to order more wine so they can fill up. And then what you do 
is once you fill up the wine book, say you've got 40 or 60 wine labels, then you offer them a free bottle of wine or something like that. That was my idea. And it's a very good idea. We thought about that. We have to execute, actually. So what you could also do then is yeah. when the winery sends you the wine, you ask them to send you just the labels yeah. separately so yeah. you can include that for the collectors. There we go. Yeah. Less work for the consumer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, we, the reason why we, in the end we didn't do this, we are all so busy. Yeah. Who's going to peel the label of the wine? They, they might do it the first two boxes and then... So, yeah, get the label separate and, and problem solved. <laughs> That's a very good idea. Okay. <laughs> What's something that somebody would be surprised to know about your business? A very surprising thing is might be an Italian selling French wines. That, <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, right. Surely. Well, I think it really comes to the passion I had for this business when I was still in university, actually. I started to think about this. The reason why is because I started to study Japanese when I was in university, and I was thinking about potential business or job I could do in Japan. The wine was quite straightforward. What I wanted to do was really to bring this like lifestyle that is connected to wine and share it with, with Japanese clients because I was sure that they would find value in it because they they're kind of looking for it. When but you're also a very good face ah, okay. of the wine because you're Italian. Yeah. And just the way you describe it, even in Japanese with your yeah. accent, yeah. it just brings more authenticity exactly. to it. And that's the other big point. Even like Japanese companies that were selling wine, beneficial to have an Italian speaking Japanese selling Italian wine. Well, that's interesting because when I was researching you, mm -hmm. I couldn't really find any direct link to why you might be interested in Japan. Okay. A lot of times you will read somebody's profile on LinkedIn and they were an exchange student mm -hmm. or there was something when they were younger, some business or activity that was Japan related, you could figure it out. But yeah, with yeah, your yeah. profile, there was really nothing. What was your yeah. spark that got you interested in Japan? Well, first of all, I've been doing karate since I was eight. Karate. Yes, nice. and that was my first contact with Japan and full contact well <laughs> sometimes <laughs> but then the, the real game changer was exactly when I was in university because I read this book written by an, an anthropologist an Italian anthropologist that was in Japan in the 30s and then he came back just after the war uh, his name is actually Fosco Maraini he was one of the most influential scholars I read this book and also the way he was describing Japan, the, the passion he had for the, the culture, the language, the manners, you know, and so on was really inspiring. But also the life he had was inspiring because he was constantly, you know, saying it was like being born again to learn about a completely different culture really? because you have to, to start from zero. And uh, so I thought, oh, this looks, you know, it's like an adventure. So I would like to, to have this adventure. Then I studied Japanese. Actually, I never took classes. I just studied by myself. And uh, especially for the language, that's so fascinating. Yeah. All the nuances be behind the words. Yeah. Some words that actually exist in Japanese that do not exist in English or in Italian. And well, that's a 
perfect segue into my standard question that okay. I ask everybody. I didn't set this up. It just came up naturally. Okay. See, that's what active listening will do for you is what is what is your favorite Japanese word that doesn't have a direct English or maybe Italian translation? I would say, actually, I, I really like the motainai concept. Motainai. Yes. You like the concept. Yeah. For you, what is the concept of motainai? Well, I, I like the fact that in terms of, for example, relationships, there is always uh, some actions or some things you should do or not do. If you don't actually live up to the expectations that people have, then they will say, ah, motainai net. But then it, it comes also for like having no waste. I think a good useless. example yeah. is when eating. Yeah. Japanese feel that the, if they don't finish the meal, yeah. it's a waste. Yeah. It's it's multi-nai. There's yeah. you know, you need to eat everything on your plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the portions in Japan are not that big, so yeah. it's not like you're going to Cheesecake Factory, you know, <laughs> in Los Angeles where okay. it's all multi-nai. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> probably forty percent of everything is multi-nai hodai. It's multi-nai hodai. It's all it's all you can waste is what, how that would be translated, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. But you would how how would you attempt yeah. to translate multi-nai? I mean when you are doing something, you actually focus on it. You're not wasting. Yeah, you're not leaving anything on the table, yes. as we say in English. And I think they, they really do this yeah. in Japan. They're so focused, honestly. Yeah. So it's not really a fair question to ask you because your native language is Italian. Yep. English is your second language. Yep. And I'm asking you to explain a Japanese concept in English that doesn't have an exact tra- English translation. You see, this word can be used in many different... It can be used in relationships. Yes. So, yes. for example, if you're having dinner with somebody that could be a good business partner or a good customer, and you, and you don't go for the clothes, exactly. and the next day you go to the office, and, oh, how, how was the meeting with so-and-so? And you go, ah, and they're like, oh, multi-nai. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this connects to the fact that nobody likes to waste time, okay? Uh-huh. It's commonly used in yeah. Japan in, it, in a situation where you, you think to yourself you could have done better or you should have done yeah. something differently. Yeah. Like when I go back and edit this podcast, mm-hmm. you'll say something and I will realize, oh, I should have followed up with this. Okay. Or I should have asked him that. Okay. And then I'll think to myself, ah, multi-nai. Yes. yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cool. Federico, you have been in the wine business here in Japan for many years. Yep. You're a wine professional who knows the entire process from vineyard to store shelf. And I've always wanted to ask this question to a guy like you because I've been asked, or I hear from foreigners in Japan, they say something like, oh, I have a friend who has a vineyard in Spain or Australia or wherever. I want to import their wine into Japan. It's really good. I'm sure it'll sell a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatively easy to import wine, but how about creating a successful business importing wine? It's actually not that easy, is it? Not easy at all. I would say the biggest challenge is actually to have very good operations in terms of logistics, because when you are importing from, from Europe, 
for example, it takes 40 days when it's good. But it's not just the shipping, it's all the really small details, like the labels. Yep. You have to have a Japanese label. Yep. Do you put that on at the winery? Do you have that type of quantity that you're ordering? Probably not. So now you have to do that yourself in Japan, the warehousing, supply chain, and, and then that's even before you get to yep. the distribution and negotiating with restaurants and, and liquor stores. That's the hardest part. I think, think yeah, yeah, I think that the first few months, my my focus was operations that's the first thing of course then you need to sell the product so you need the experience on sales and the customers are not customers meaning bars restaurants liquor stores they're not super receptive to new wines are they the thing is yeah probably you know coming back to the friends that telling you ah my wine could sell really well I mean, that was true, probably, 30 years ago. Okay, right now, uh, Japan is the most mature wine market in Asia. They have knowledge, and also the, the offer they get is huge. They get wines from literally anywhere, okay? In this highly competitive um, environment, you really need to stand out, put your face on it. So you've got... 140, at least 140 wines in your wine cellar from five different countries. Have you ever thought about adding Japanese wine? No. Why not? They won't really fit with our offering and our concept. Why not? First, they're very expensive. Really? Yeah. Japanese wines, they're very expensive when they're good. I'm saying the wines that we would add to our selection won't fit our price requirements okay so that's the point i'm not saying japanese wines are not good but it's hard to find good wines for a price that is still in the reasonable range yeah it seems a lot of japanese wine it's either like 500 yen a bottle or 30,000 yen a bottle yeah yeah i would say there are a few reasons behind it uh, in japan they do everything by hand in the vineyard so it's a lot of labor cost Second, they, the climate here is not the perfect climate for, for winemaking. And then when a wine is finally good, they get quite pricey. Is there anything that you would like to mention or talk about that I haven't brought up yet today? Yeah, when it comes about wine drinking, it's really about, you know, being social, you know, having, having fun. I think it should stay like that. You know, it should never be like too fancy or too like difficult. I really think when you drink wine, you should enjoy. And if you have a nice story behind it that you can uh, actually relate to or uh, learn something new, because many times there are some interesting facts behind it. In wine, there is truth. In vino veritas, yes. Yeah, because people open up, opens up and that's especially true for Japanese yes and that's why they have the nomikai culture even though it's declining after COVID many things yeah, change drinking culture especially in corporate because the subordinates could never ever criticize or question their boss in yeah. the office yeah but it's accepted in the nomikai in the, in the drinking party yeah. after work it's interesting that it was used as, as this truth for everybody session you know it relates with this Latin uh, sentence as well and uh, it's what? so true for Japanese people they really open up right a couple of glasses and it's a completely different person 
What is something that you learn professionally only living in Japan could do for you? Well, I think being constantly, especially on the work, being constantly discussing with as many people as you can in order to, to create this consensus around ideas compared to just, you know, having a confrontation, you know, direct confrontation. I, right. I, I think this should be done. Or this is Instead of top-down, it's more it's consensus more like, building. Yeah, it's more like constantly keeping people updated all the time and getting their insights, uh, making them feeling useful feeling appreciated for the input or just for the simple act of speaking about a subject, you know. Very nice. Yeah. I like that point. Well, we've all heard the phrase, do what you love and you'll never have to work another day in your life. And <laughs> Federico, this totally sounds like you. You're wow. living your passion and teaching Japan about wine. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for coming and your input. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> and that was Federico Finelli, co-founder and representative director of Swirl Wine. If you like wine or wish to learn more about wine, check out the Swirl website at swirlwine.co.jp. It's a fun site with a lot of great wine. Speaking of fun with a lot of content, check out nowandzen.jp for more conversations with Japan insiders. Until next time, take care. So long, everyone.